Welcome back, guys. Same day we shot episode 11. <laughs> well, but this, this is episode 12. This is 12. I'm Brendan. Still Jay. And uh, we have a very special guest today. Very special guest. Hello, hello, hello. This a is rather, Manu. <laughs> <laughs> a rather powerful man. Rather very, very powerful. Oh, no. Uh, it's, uh, we have Banu Chopra of Revolution. Yeah. Most known in the watch world uh, for being the prestigious editor-in-chief at Revolution, Revolution watch, watch Magazine. Magazine. That's right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't call them. I, I have all my friends in the lowest places. Uh, that That's how I roll. <laughs> but new uh, says that's that. Why he's on that's the show. why he's here. Uh, that's why he's <laughs> here, guys. I'm here, uh, you know, uh, he's coming down to play in the mud uh, with us. I'm, I'm, I don't play in the hot. <laughs> world, uh, you know, I keep it. I, I want to keep it real uh, because this this luxury world is is a crazy world. It's full of full of uh, smoke and mirrors, <laughs> posers, and, <laughs> and then, and then here we are. You gotta keep it real. We're keeping it real We're here in real. Austin, Texas. By the way, uh, uh, what what's Banu drinking, man? Yeah, what is that? It's, uh, it's, it's a little Texas Texas, Texas beer. beer, Devil's Backbone. Really, it is. Exactly. It's Belgian style, and uh, for me and Brendan, we have a fresh bottle of uh, Korean liquor. Nice, <laughs> soju. You got to <laughs> do a shots of soju. <laughs> and what should, you want to do? A wrist check going. Yeah, around? I guess we'll do a wrist check. What uh, what have you got on you, Brendan? Well, I just have my uh, Orient Chrono Ace. Uh, they made it only for a few years. It's the one that I've talked about before. Uh, Is that the one that has the Vlad. depth gauge? Yeah, it has the depth gauge on it. And uh, yeah, it's a fun fun piece. I get a lot uh, of enjoyment out of it. I love the case. I think that case uh, shape is uh, is really cool. I think it's making a comeback, by the way. You see, yeah. you see it on other brands as well doing this case shape now. Um, it's fantastic. I love it on this NATO. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. You I'll go next. This is you heard that? You heard That's that. from Banu. That's from Banu. <laughs> <laughs> so uh today with me I'm wearing or rather I have it on the table. I have the Cartier Santos Medium. Big fan of it. I've liked it since I got it. And actually I liked it before I even got it. It was because of Bill, who we had on the podcast during the the one chip challenge that we did as an episode. That was the that was the seal, the deal. Episode nine? nine? I think nine. Episode yeah. nine, I was like, okay, this is, I really need this. Then, uh, same, same Monday, I got it. Uh, here, cheers. Cheers to, uh, cheers. to keeping it real. Yep. So, still, still, we are talking about Cartier. <clears throat> I think that, uh, this watch is fantastic for, first of all. And some of the hottest watches right now, you hear Rolex Patek and all these guys. Cartier is running hot slowly. Yep. I mean, people don't realize that. You try to go buy a Cartier or you try to buy some of their pieces, dude, impossible. They're so they're so hot right now. <laughs> yeah, especially the the tank, the, the color any tanks. Of the tanks. Yeah, red, blue, green, impossible to get. Oh, those are yeah. One of our boys oh, has yes. all three of us. Peter, Peter, he he cheated. Peter cheated. <laughs> yeah, he did. He absolutely cheated on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, but what do you have on, Banu? It's uh, it's I, a very special piece. I just received this uh, last week from Kudoke before they went on their vacation, so they shipped it out. I changed out the strap yesterday. 
it's a Kudoka too. I love this. So it's got a ruthenium dial. If you go outside in the sun, it's more silverish gray, and it oh. seems darker here. It's um, it's one piece. That's it. It's their only dial for this piece unique. Yes. <laughs> Guys, we are in a room with a piece unique watch. Wow. <laughs> and a prototype uh, handheart. And a prototype handheart and another Flieger Friday released by Tutima, which we'll, we'll cover the Flieger Friday stuff in a little bit. Yeah. But the Kodoke by itself is definitely. Uh, I'm, I'm independent crazy. I love independent brands. And I think um, there are a lot of independent brands out there. You don't have to spend a hundred grand or even 50 grand. You know, yes, you can go buy an MBNF. If you've got the fuck you money, you can sure. Why not just fuck you to everybody and go buy that money, that piece. Or you could just earn like all of us, you know, normal working yeah. <laughs> every day. And then you spend the, Eight thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks uh-huh. on a watch that you and still get the experience for, for one year and get the same experience exactly. Yeah, because I, I remember that you like spent a lot of time uh, yeah. meeting with them. It was it was one year. It just took. Uh, yeah, it was time. like a project, dude. Where I remember when he was starting it because he was posting it in the group that like he was meeting with them, grabbing beers with them, and in the planning phases into like the production and into finally getting it, and it's. That's a fun. That's a fun. So that's what the watchmaking is all about. It's not about you know lay down your black Amex and go pick up a couple of pasiks. It's nah. about. So after having this piece, is the Longo one still your uh, yes. Grail watch? That is a Grail watch, and I I literally have to tell you I had to amputate my left arm to get that watch. <laughs> Uh, I sold um, maybe a lot of pieces. Are uh, some of those pieces did you sell <laughs> he to sold, Saul? Yeah, you sold some. Yes. Just don't want yeah. a price check. He told me he sold it. You sold it to him for fifteen, and uh, he said he can't go lower than that. I just wanted to better check. call Saul. That's all I can tell you. Oh! <laughs> Saul, I knew you're you little skimmer. We got him. We caught him, dude. We caught him live. But yeah, the longer <laughs> one, call man. Saul. <laughs> the longer one when when Banu got it. Yeah, and the longer one has something to do with this issue, the summer issue of, uh, of Revolution. We're tying it in with Revo. Um, uh, they wrote an article about longer one. Yeah, you know, I've read it. It's a pretty emotional article. It's about falling of the Berlin Wall. And, you know, nowadays you see it in the news uh, that has a lot of uh, connections. You know, right now, again, the, the whole East is happening again. Uh, so, yeah, so this is uh, after the fall of Berlin Wall, this whole story about uh, Walter Lange and... Gunter Blumen and they they went and did this thing together. Built uh, it from the ground up again. <clears throat> Absolutely, and it wasn't easy. <laughs> yeah, that's the hell of a wrist check to start. The that episode. was that <laughs> was probably one of the best wrist checks we've had. <laughs> I mean, a piece unique is pretty pretty up there as yeah, far as the wrist checks baller. we've had. It's pretty baller. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to you know thank you for coming on the show, and we wanted to. Um, talk about I don't know. You can explain a little bit of what revolution is, because not revol. Okay. Our our uh, our our market isn't necessarily the people who probably have a subscription yeah. to revolution. Although I wouldn't, <clears throat> I wouldn't say no. Um, in I don't know revolution. You know, it's funny the how everything gets interconnected. I came across revolution when it was was born because I was in Singapore for this one event by Hourglass. Uh, the, it was called the Tempest, um, Tempest event. Tempus? Yeah. T-E-M-P-U-S, T-E-M-P-U-S right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. This was That's early a throwback. 2000s. Yeah. So I met Vey over there uh, and a few other guys from Revolution, uh, Suzanne Wong. 
Dude, they were just starting out. And, uh, you know, revolution at the time when it started out was our crowd. You know, they had titties out there in the, in the <laughs> magazine. And, and it was all about, you know, tits and ass and, and watches on top. Hey. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was. That's what it was. That was that was revolution, you know. Um, and then, of course, after some time, it mellowed down. Now it's all about being geeks. We are mm-hmm. watch geeks and let's just be watch geeks. So, yeah, revolution is... Uh... Started in 05, right? Yeah, 05, 05 in by Singapore. Way. And now it's uh, developed to being one of the most influential watch editorials in the world. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's not uh, the there's one. Latin America, Mexico, um, there's Middle East, there's uh, Asia edition, there is, um, um, you know, um, it's like seven in Europe, them, yeah, right? in Italy. So it's, uh, it's everywhere. Russia, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, in this episode, we're going to do a little dive into Banu. Yeah. All right. The, we do a little life story dive. The blogger. We're gonna and then we're gonna take it back and have you talk about like you know your takes on the present day industry and how it's going. Sounds good. Yeah. And uh, different writing specific but, but questions. But don't be as surprised well. if 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 I have something to say about present day industry. Oh no no no! We want that. <laughs> we want it. We, we want, want that. The, so emotionally, just as a quick heads up. Response. Banu. The the blogger, the writer, family man, and most importantly, you're what? My knight in shining armor, who's uh, right. going to unban me from Watch You Seek Sales Corner. <laughs> <laughs> He's banned yeah, from that, there. That, I speed posted. Uh, that, that can be done. I, oh, I wow. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you hear that? <laughs> yeah, we can be done. Yeah, then uh, we're cool. going to talk about a little bit about the watch industry, which honestly, nowadays, I feel that true collectors hate just because right. it's, not, it's not a collector's market anymore. It's... Yep. It's just a it's a rich kids playground. Yeah, that's and right. It stopped being for the collectors by the collectors and is now by the brands for like the what rich. You were saying in episode 10 when we were going over the we had a new guy take uh, a Dufresne watch and he was telling us about the joy, the pure joy of of having a yeah. wrist a watch on his wrist and Jay made a comment like, "Hey, I don't even I can't, I can't, can't feel, feel the same that way." Anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't get excited about new purchases because of the games that you have to play it's not it's not the same yeah no no you're absolutely right you know it, it's funny that um um one of the events I, and i'll leave the everybody yeah, yeah. names and everything yeah, out we'll... of the picture i attended an event in in new york uh with collectors and um and um it was a dinner and we were sitting and it was a round table uh which i was uh, you know there were about seven other people in the table and I had my uh, Harboring. Uh, oh, the I love pilot, the Harboring. The Harboring Felix Pilot. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Simple watch. It's a small 37 millimeters. Um, looks pretty simple. And uh, everybody had either AP, Rolex, uh-huh. mostly AP and Rolex. And uh, they were just talking money. They're like, one guy said, fuck it. If I walk into AP boutique, just buy me anything. I don't care what I buy. Just I'll put my card down. I'll buy it. The spirit isn't like, there. Dude, <laughs> that's not watch collecting. <laughs> Yeah, you're just buying an investment. Like, bro, just go to real estate. Leave yeah, this hobby to like us. Crypto or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not that, but yeah. Um that yeah, that company, uh Harbringer. Harbring. Yeah, they they uh put out an annual perpetual too, for it. They do they did. for they, like yeah. Yeah. less than twenty or something like that. Yeah, because Richard 20. Harbring he used to be uh he used to work as a consultant for IWC, he was part yeah, of yeah. IWC, IWC because yeah. he came up with the yeah. with the you know, 3711 uh, Pilot's Watch at the Doppel Chronograph and uh, and Retropant or Doppel Chronograph. And then, of course, uh, Gunter Blum 
going back to Lange 1, brought him to Lange, and he did complications for them. So he was building uh, turbulence and other complications. And then he met his wife uh, right next door at Glashutte Original, and uh, then they decided to move to Austria and uh, start up their own brand. We wanted to talk about your, you know, your life story, because yeah. you, um, you were born in New Delhi, Right? That's correct, yes. And But you moved around a lot, right? You were in the U.S. and Europe. Yes, yes. So, um, um, yeah, I was uh, came here as a teenager to to U.S. and then uh, lived most of my life in Arizona. Uh, so I would consider myself, my adult life and home as Arizona. And uh, from there, yeah, I moved to Prague for uh, four years and then from Prague came to Austin. So last, uh, this is my 11th year in Austin. Wow. And... How has that traveling, you know, affected your journey with watch collecting? It's greatly influenced because uh, when you move to Europe, it brings you closer to brands. Uh -huh. So I have to tell you, literally, uh, this was my routine sometimes. At the place I worked was a multinational, big multinational. The guys who were working there, you know, the execs and stuff, you would take them in a van, you rent a van and go to Glashutter Original, go to Lanky on a Friday. It's 45 minutes drive from Prague to uh, Glashütte. Uh, back in those days, there was no freeway. The freeway was kind of still being built. It was one and a half hours drive. So that was Fridays. And then on weekends, we'd roll out on Sunday. You know, where do you want to have a coffee? Let's go to Glashütte or let's go to Berlin. And you'd go to a Wimpy store or go to some stores or meet some watchmakers. So you met a lot of folks. Yeah, you meet a lot that. of folks. Yeah, and seems then, authentic. From Phoenix, it was uh, no problem living in Arizona. Um, yeah, I had an opportunity, luckily, uh, Touchwood. I traveled a lot then, so you'd still meet a lot of watchmakers. And when did you start the Watch You Seek right What You Seek was early 2000s. Um, and the first time um, I met somebody face-to-face -face from What You Seek was Mike Stufler. We're still best uh -huh. friends. I met Mike Stufler, I think, in 2004. But I've been part of... Uh, what you see participating as a forum members early 2000 late 90s and wow. then um and then yeah then started writing in 2005 um you know ernie who used to own what you see before it got sold to this canadian company vertical scope um he's like you know why don't you actively participate and um write so went to basel world since 2005 um was rest until in peace 2019 <laughs> And Rest in peace, Basel I was hoping World. to make it right. my 15-year anniversary, but <laughs> oh, no. fuck Basel World, man. <laughs> These guys, man, they just... Just cared just, about the money, man. Yeah, that's it. So do you consider yourself, a, a like, a were you a writer first or more? Yeah, I was going to ask, like, do you have professional... Like, did you go to school or anything for writing? I did not go to school for journalism, no. Uh, but I always liked creative writing. Um, since I was uh, growing up in India, creative writing is part of your... Um, you know, it's just part of your upbringing and i love creative writing um combine the passion of creative writing i would say with the passion of watchmaking that's awesome and, and when you were a kid you were really into sci-fi right yeah a lot into sci-fi i've got a lot of robots at home still <laughs> what sci-fi robots we're talking about we're talking about gundams gundams you you name it you know Vol voltron did, uh, mazinger did, z did that lend itself in like into getting into watches somehow like the technical aspects the technical the aspects i think that mechanicals is what makes it more more fun um uh -huh. and i i know right now we are living in a digital world there's nothing we can do about it 
And, you know, recently I was test driving a car with a friend who was, who was looking into buying an Audi. And the whole fucking screen was digital. A on screen, the yeah. Oh. Like, output, dude, yeah. you're driving, you're not driving a car, you're driving sure. a, what is this thing? I There's, mean, this is, uh, you know, it takes the spirit out of a car. Yeah, the, you it need takes to out the, the soul. steering wheel, you, you just took the soul out of the car. Yeah. I mean, I understand that it makes it, uh, you can, more efficient, electric and all that bullshit, but still, you're taking the soul out of a car. Yeah. It's the same. Uh, you know, the digital world that they have converted into is, yeah, I prefer the analog world. So as someone who's kind of super big into like tech and stuff, yeah. um, do you ever wear an Apple Watch? I did wear an Apple Watch when my wife was pregnant uh, uh, two and a half years ago, three years ago, I, because of counting steps and we would go walking. Uh... And since then... That was the only time I wore it. That Apple Watch has been sitting in the drawer, catching dust. And my phone keeps reminding me that hey, your you Apple Watch is not connected it. to your phone. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bringing that watch out. It knows about it your knows, Apple dude. Watch. By the way, I didn't, I didn't wear it on my this wrist. I wore it on my right wrist. Mm-hmm. So I, I tried that. Wristing. I actually did the whole uh, double, double, like, double Apple, wristing. Apple Watch on the right wrist and then normal watch. Yeah. So now what I see is, and this is what I would have done if it was available at that time. Now you can convert it into a pocket watch. So what? Like a, there's like a thing uh, that you can put the Apple Watch into a pocket watch. I would do that. I would put that in my what? pocket. Or I would wear it like a... Like a necklace. A, a necklace. And you, because, you know, you can take a phone call and stuff. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. It does. And it keeps, actually... keeps like track of like your schedules and stuff. Yeah, that would be the biggest reason for me to, to wear one. To if, me, I, if, if I had one. Just because, you know... I'm always zoned into my work. And so when a meeting comes up, I never pay attention. I'm like, oh, crap, I have a meeting. I'm like, so it would, it would vibrate your wrist and all yeah, that. Yeah, you know exactly what you're doing. That's cool. Actually, so I got a question. Yeah. So I know that the whole Flieger Friday thing was big and it's you, thanks to you. Yeah, no, and that was a passion project as well. So Still is. <laughs> can you talk a little bit regarding the whole Flieger Friday thing? Yeah. Because it's a phenomenon. Yeah, so Flieger Friday started as a fun thing um, uh, with Mike, myself, and uh, a photographer, um, uh, an attorney based in uh, Prague. His name is Andra. He's Tempus X. Oh, on, he's Tempus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's Tempus X on, on, on Instagram, and Mike Stufler uh, is also on there. So all three of us, you know, we would visit every summer. We would go visit Stova. We would go visit Hanhart. And we're like, you know, we're visiting, but what the fuck are we doing? I mean, we just, we see them every For year. For yourselves, yeah. So we should do something fun. Uh, so one day we decided, and this was, let's do some something called Flieger Friday edition. I have a Flieger Friday side. We would write a lot about it. Now Mike is contributing a lot more than I am because I'm more busy with the revolution. Um, so we, we decided let's do a Flieger Friday edition. The, but we didn't know what we wanted to do. So one day um, at the Warren one wind-up event in New York, the Warren Wound guys, uh, uh, Zach and guys, they, they, they throw a really nice show in, in New York, by the way. Everybody should visit. San Francisco is this April. This April is San Francisco. We're going. Yeah. We'll see you there. So wind-up event, wind-up watch fair, we were there, and uh, Jorg was there, and uh, I was there, and we were drinking that night till 4 a.m. in the hotel, and we were like, you know what? Let's do some collaboration with Flieger Friday and this thing. So we were driving, drawing on the napkins, <laughs> the Flieger Friday edition, so we could remember the next, <laughs> next morning. The and it turned out that we, we did 25 watches. They were sold out in like 
like that like minutes wow. and uh, and that was the beginning of league of friday since then we did with hanhart Decla recently two watches with them yes. and then Tutima we did um, uh, as well um, the chronographs uh, those were also sold out there's two more coming up this year um, one with Laco and another oh, one I with Hanhart that's amazing I mean the whole Flieger Friday thing because I remember I, uh, I'm rather new onto the watch Instagram yeah. thing I mean I joined probably towards 2016-2015 so it's towards few years before the demise of the watch industry, essentially. Right. And, and I've always seen the Flieger Friday. And not only that, because I also had friends who would post on Flieger Friday. I was like, what the fuck is Flieger Friday? Checked into it, and I was like, oh my god, I love this. I love pilot watches. And it introduced me to the IWC Mark 13, yep. which was my first IWC. And I was like, "That's awesome. I can, I can fucking join it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a belonging, you know, it was... It was it was a play on like Speedy Tuesday because Speedy Tuesday has been there for such a long time. So we said, you know, we want to do something with pilot watches. So let's create a hashtag Flieger Friday. And, uh, and then we created a site Flieger Friday and that's how it happened. You know, this is, this is not a, I wouldn't say it's a new idea or something we created. It's a, it was a fun thing. And it still is a fun thing, by the way. It's nothing, we don't monetize off of any of this stuff. I don't get paid on any of these editions. Uh, no. You don't? No, no. No. Fuck it's, it's I would. I think Jay would. You're dollars. saying Jay would like you would. I am better than that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to kind of gear a few questions towards your, your writing. And yeah. I've noticed in a few interviews, you've identified yourself specifically as a blogger and not right. as a journalist. What, what does it mean to be a blogger and not a journalist? Absolutely. Great question. And I think um, it's something I'm very, very passionate about that. Um, there are people who do, who went to school, were serious journalists and do investigative reporting, do, do you know, what a journalist does. You see it on, on, on screen or what you read on New York Times. And, you know, uh, like Beth Dorn and these guys, they went to journalism school. They're, they're serious journalists. And mine was just out of creative writing passion. Uh, people who call themselves journalists, um, you know, it's like a discredit if you yeah, if you claim like to me, be one. Me walking around with a stethoscope and saying I'm a fucking doctor. Yeah. That's I'm not right. a doctor. I just play one on the TV. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, a blogger is there's nothing wrong with a blogger. There's no. It's not a derogatory term. It's just blogger. I'm proud to be that because uh, you know that's what we do. Creative writing. You can be a brilliant writer and not be a journalist. Uh-huh. But people who are journalists, they deserve the credit. And so you started off writing digital for right. Watch You Seek, but also print at the same time with Revolution. So, Or how, when did you start, I guess, yeah. writing Re print? Revolution was about a year ago. Uh, okay. And before that, I was doing some articles for Quill and Pad, and I, I, was, writing, I, uh, I was regular there. Okay. So yeah. it's mostly... I, I really admire... Uh, you know, there's two people I admire in the watch industry for writing. Uh, of course, there's a lot of people who do brilliant writing, uh, you know, like I mentioned before, Suzanne Wong. Logan? Uh, uh, yeah, look, a lot of people do. But I think I love Vase writing because he makes it emotional. Yeah, uh, he I makes agree. It, he's passionate about this thing. He's, you know, he's one of those guys, he can be stone cold high and at the same time narrate to you every detail of reference and mm -hmm. pathics. And, you know, that doesn't come with uh with with studying something yeah it comes natural to yeah, you yeah that, that's, that's that's emotion that's emotion and and he can narrate and he can put a story around it to me that's brilliant same thing for beth beth is on the other spectrum you know she writes technical stuff 
and she's a two, you know, two what I call a journalist. So both of them, I'm what I'm like somewhere in between with creative writing between them. I like the story part and I like the technical part. So I'm learned from both of them. Pulling from best of both worlds, baby. Yeah. The world's the yin and the yang. And so what is the difference now that you've experienced print and digital? What's the difference between writing for digital versus print? Uh, I think that's a, another great question. Digital writing is, is, um, is more, more targeted. I would say more targeted with, um, it doesn't require as big a thinking, you know, what are you going to do with the long form of what they call long form journalism? A lot of, uh, you know, 17,000 words, articles, 10 page 16 page 20 page articles in digital you're saying okay people have only have this much attention and you know their attention span is you can read it for maybe three four minutes and let's just keep it to that so you keep it to 500 words 1000 words 1500 words is really the max you're pushing the limit of digital at the, that point so um you keep the articles more geared towards the second difference is in in print journalism you can tell stories you can you can tell the story about a person about a thing you know there's a lot of stories in here oh yeah in in digital i think you do more reviews i think that's people when they have the free time in between the meetings or whatever hey it's I, a like, quick I like this hon hard i want to see what what you know anybody else Give is me saying quick about information it. on it and basically. yeah i mean that's the reason that they include the amount of time it would take you to read the entire review yes, like, like 15 minutes three, three, three no minutes. it's usually like three to five three yeah. to five i think yeah three to five three is to the five sweet minutes. spot for digital writing because they only have you for like that because it's so fast-paced where as you get into print and like banu said like you've you read stories yeah. man and it's a different i guess yeah. audience like i i like take time expectation out of my day on like sundays it's a disconnect i would go outside sit with my dogs and read and yeah. that's 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 a time where you give it to yourself. Whereas if I was to like look up a review, it's like oh I'm looking at at uh, Ariel, like I'm looking at um a blog to watch example, and it tells you it's like oh it'll take you five minutes to read this. Right. I'm I'm wondering too the the feedback system right like online there's a comment section. Correct. It's, it's instant feedback with print. How do you get your feedback? Um, we get a Peer? couple of ways. Um, uh, you know, one is uh. I mentioned we go to collectors events um, and there when people say, oh, yeah, Revolution magazine, uh, I'll, I'll uh, you know, hey, this is what I think about the magazine. And then, of course, I publish my email in here so, you know, people can comment, they can send comments. And now what we started doing, uh, um, this was uh, the idea of our um, UK editor in chief, uh, Ross Povey, great guy, by the way. If you ever want to learn anything about Vintage Tudors, current Tudors, Rolex. I got he's the, the guy. Man. He's the uh, he's the Tudor watch guy. Okay. And um, he came up with the idea. Let's include QR codes in here. So now what we do is you can you can just scan off of QR code and then you can go digital. In that line of talking about editorials, I notice a lot of them are now, you know, either partnered up or selling directly watches. Is that because <laughs> it's hard to make revenue as uh, editorial? Yeah, like I just said, you know. We did, you know, this five watches of Flieger Friday. Let's just say if I did want to get paid, I would probably get paid $5,000. Um, I don't think you can make a living off That's of... It? Uh, uh, I'm just saying, if oh, if okay. I were to get paid, <laughs> yeah, you know, unless I was making these watches myself or buying them from for brand and then reselling them, then it would be the same thing what everybody's doing right now. So, yeah, retail or... How does, how does that affect the editorial? 
when you start selling, partnering with different brands, marketplaces? Just look at Odinky, man. <laughs> LVMH? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think the way... Is there a right way to do it, you think? Um, it's difficult. And this is a part of the modern watch collecting media. It, the, the line is blurring. And I'm not sure if I like that. But um, what I do like is doing limited edition or partnership with brands is fine. So you only have to talk about the watch that you created and that's why you like it rather than, you know, let's say re- they just recently revolution came up with a show power watch that you saw mm-hmm. on, on Instagram that, yeah. that, that smoking hot watch. I wish I could afford that watch. Fucking hot. Have you seen it? <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's really it's nice. good. It's a sector dial. Uh, hard. Yeah. And, uh, it's the Luke uh, version yeah. of it, but I think it's the high end Luke. Little baby micro rotor. Yeah. Gorgeous, bro. And so, you know, I, I was trying to uh, uh, think about it. Do I like all Chopard watches, if you ask me? Or just that one specific? Or just that one specifically that, that we partnered with them to create. So, yeah, uh, you have to keep a distance, but it's it's a very blurred line right now, if you would ask me. With with the lines being blurred, I think that makes it a little bit difficult, especially for someone like you who's... Absolutely. ...in the industry. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... Um, for example, um, we'll take uh, another edition right here. Uh, the Hublot. Hublot is on the cover. And uh, Hublot is on the cover. And uh, Hublot, you know, as you know, with the watch collectors, they, <laughs> they have an issue with Hublot. And um, how do you address that? You know, you, you talk about the, the part where it's actually cool. If you look at some of the Hublots, for example, uh, they, they did um, um, a certain collaborations. Sang Blue. Sanglu is the Sanglu is my favorite one. Exactly. So there you go. You know those. You have to focus on the editions that you like. Not yeah, not the entire brand in its entirety because it's gonna fall. There in are Ublos that are running seventy seven fifties and you know charging uh, twelve grand. Huh. Oh uh, yeah, you that's what they were famous for, man. Yeah, that's why they got such a bad rap with the watch community is that they were charging AP pricing for exactly a seventy seven fifty. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's why I said it's um it's a tough line to 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 follow. It's not easy. Um, and then you know the brands invite you to trips. They 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 shower things upon you. They you know do all all the stuff. You just have to be, just, just have to keep, God, be careful. We would be bought like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they would be like flying us to like ski trips and shit. We'd be and, like. Oh, we love this. God, I love, I'm getting drunk off the, <laughs> drunk, the thought. I'm getting of, high off, yeah, the, high off the thought of it. Now. Uh, and, and see, this is the thing. That's why I have people I Gotta love keep in you the grounded. low places. And I would like to stay grounded. Uh, yeah. Literally grounded. I don't like to fly with, you know. Um, yeah. If you're a brand and you want to fly us first class to a ski lodge, all expenses paid, <laughs> by all means. Well, no, to our credit, though, we do keep it real. We do keep it real. When we had the micro brand episodes, um, we didn't pull any punches. Yeah, we told actually, it how it right. was, what we didn't like, what we liked, and you know that's yeah. just how it is. So I, and you I have think, to keep the authenticity, otherwise it gets no. Muddled. You have to be authentic, but at the same time, nowadays things are a little bit different. Uh, you know, before you had Basel World, where everybody came to the brand, and I could look at the brand. I don't need to go to an event uh-huh. because I saw the watches in person. Now, how do you see watches in person? Either you go to a retailer. And Austin is not a big market for nope. all the brands. Um, and then, you, or you have to go to one of these events uh, or 
have them fly you out to go check out their watches. Um, that's the only option you got. Because yeah. like with the whole editorials thing and like selling watches and partnering, like I used, I wasn't always a dinky like hater. You know what I mean? But like with the lines blurred and like them not being exactly as open and as forthcoming about what, you know, brands I, I'll give yeah. you an example, okay? Uh, and and I love Hodinki, by the way. Um, just yesterday, I was like, you know what? Let me, I think it was Friday night. Yeah, I was sitting Friday night. I was like, let me just visit Hodinki and I want mm. to read the latest articles. Like, you know, every day you can't go there. Usually I use Watchwell to read uh, mm-hmm. the articles. So I went there. The very first article was um, uh, Glashut Original. I think it was Panomatic Lunar. Um, uh, yeah. It was Panomatic Lunar. That's right. And they would... You know, they're like, not all dates are bad. And it was a nice article with the angle of, you know, dates. And this is the reason it's not bad. Uh, even though it's an asymmetrical date, it doesn't matter. They were recently resale, became a reseller for the original, right? So obviously you're pushing, you know, you're pushing your, you're pushing it, you're pushing it a little bit. So yeah. it came across as an article for, hey, I, all dates are not bad, but it's really underlying condition. Yeah. Kind of like an advertisement. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like. And if they do disclose that information, it's like super small and it's saying, oh, by the way, we're a minority stakeholder at LVMH. Like that's what they fucking did with the Tiffany piece. Yeah. But, you know, we also take a shot at them because they're they're the biggest. They're the biggest publication. Yeah, absolutely. I think all of us are guilty of it, um, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So do you see Revolution? Because I know that um, there used to be more editions and I think they've trimmed down. They have trimmed down. Yeah, they, they, they had a Swiss edition. They had a Hong Kong edition. They mm-hmm. had a China edition. I think that combined into one Asia edition yeah. to be more efficient. And of course, you know, uh, as they were saying, print is dying, print is dying. And, you know, the cost of print is, uh, is, is still a lot. You know, digital is not as lot as, uh, as print. So cost of paper is, is hard. Then you have to mail this uh, these things yeah. and then you have to put them in the airport lounges and all the stuff. So... If you consolidate, be smart. Asia edition is one. You've got Italian edition. You've got North, you know, U.S. edition, and then um, Latin America and Mexico. Do you see it going fully digital at some point? Or? You know, it's possible. Anything is possible. But yeah. I think I the the romance of revolution is in the magazine. Yeah, it's... Uh, so I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. At yeah. least not in the near future. I would let's, say. Let's hope so. I mean, it, there's so few publications that are print. As far as this hobby is concerned, Revolution, I think, is one of one of. I think it's the best for me. It's the best physical print publication, just because it's authentic. It's not full of ads. It's actually no. no It's not. That's the best part about it. It's like you you fucking read like a three a three page story. You're not gonna find an ad for like Breitling. No. So what I've noticed a common thread with what you've done. And your journalistic uh, or blogistic career uh, is always follow, career. Your, your yeah. writing career. Your writing career is always follow your passion. So, yep. what is still passionate to you about the watch industry? First, of course, the watches. That's um, you know you can't have the passion without uh, when you look at some uh, watches. It, it 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 draws certain emotions. Then you think about a different angle: is who made that watch? For example, Kudoke. Um, I love the Kudoke family. Stefan and Eve are awesome people. And you talk about, you know, it becomes almost uh, you want to buy their watch because you like them. Then 
watches are number one. And then you have other people like you guys. You know, we make connection on watches and we hang out. Community. That became the community. The community is a huge part of it. You know, hanging out with Peter for breakfast and, and talking watches. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the, that's the Sunday tradition. Exactly. And these are things that, um, that makes it special. Uh, nothing else. Uh, I think if you talk about, you know, what they do in the factory, um, the brands want to tell you how they make, they're passionate about making watches. Not as influencing on me. Um, that's great. I'm glad you have the machines to make the watches. But it's the people. It's the people. Uh, you know, what they think about it. Uh, how did they come up with the idea of this Kudoke 2? You know, how did, how did you think about this thing? Those are the things that makes it special. See, see, that's what I'm about, man. Like, nowadays, everyone want to talk, you know, like, spec sheets. It's all spec sheets. It's right. like, oh, cool, man. Like, that's cool. I mean, to me, that's, that's where it ends. Like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the people. The people that I got yep. to meet, the people that I have yet to meet, the people that, you know, yeah, I, I'm still huge. in talking to are a big part of the reason that I'm still into collecting as much as I dislike the hobby. It's the people that keep bringing me back. I mean, like, like for example, this podcast actually was birthed off me having met Brendan only one day. Yeah, really. Our connection, we were just on the same wavelength. Yeah. It felt like he's my cousin, no, brother. Yeah. We were like, we were, we're he like was brought over by Steven, Steven Lee from Dufresne. Yeah, of course. Um, because he finally got a Rolex. So I guess Steven was like, oh, I can bring him in. <laughs> and so he, he, we were at the meeting for our watch group. And... Yeah. We went to dinner like the same day yeah. uh, with Josh and Saul, and we were just having a back and forth with this guy who we've never met till that day. And he was like, "Oh, we should do a podcast." And boom, did it. A couple of months like later, we did the podcast, and it's the people. Like if you were, if people were so obsessive about stat sheets, about the numbers, about the little minuscule things that doesn't really matter, you lose track and lose sight of what you're supposed to be kind of celebrating the hobby for. That, that's how you keep the passion, you know? Um, yeah. Friendships, watches, a couple of beers, that's some right. coffees. Yeah. Stories to tell. Stories, stories to tell. tell. To feel Unbannings in watch you Unbanning. see. <laughs> but, but if I have a couple of minutes, let me tell you a very funny story. Yes, yes please. of course. Since we, since please. we mentioned Kudoke. Yeah. So you, you're familiar with my other Kudoke with the, uh-huh. with the pilot watch yep. you know so what happened was i went to pick it up this was 2020 it was 2021 no it was 2020 end of 2020 i think yeah so it was pandemic Pandemics. full pandemic i went visiting prague to family and take took the train because my wife was not feeling well i was like okay i'm gonna just take the train by myself to dresden meet with stefan and ev went there for lunch nobody in the train absolutely zero people in the whole compartment so i kept my stuff in the front pocket got off the train got off the train walked up to the uh, restaurant and this was on a friday and sunday we were flying back to us and so i was like you know where the fuck is my passport i was like shit now i remember i was talking to eva on the phone while i was getting off the train i left it in the front pocket of the train train was going to berlin and then from there was going to so i was like what the fuck do i do so even stefan they said forget the lunch let's go to the railway station together we went to the train station to hop on off 
And they talk to the guys and, and they're like, please get this guy's passport, contact somebody on the train. They said, yes, we have found this passport, but we have given, when, when we are stopping in Berlin, we're going to give it to the uh, police. Um, and you have to go to the police and get the this thing, your passport. I was like, don't worry. I took the train to Berlin. Now it's afternoon. And uh, went there. I reached there around 5 p.m. Went to the police. They said, you made it by one minute. We were going to close at 5. You made it at 4.59. And I got you my got passport it? You got it? Them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got Dude. my passport from them. And uh, I was like, okay, let me look at the next train to take me back to Prague. I can just be back. <laughs> well, the last... Uh. Last train left at five. Um, <laughs> my wife would kill me if I didn't come back home that day. I was like, okay, I found a bus, a student bus that, that was leaving at, <laughs> at seven o'clock and would, leave, and would arrive at like 11.59 in, in Prague. I got onto it. I got my backpack, had my kudoke on and, and got onto my, to the, the student bus with the students. <laughs> See, when I find myself in a student population, you just got to blend in and say, don't you just hate finals? Oh, man, we did that. We did that. Uh, okay, let me just describe the students. These are all hot Czech, <laughs> Czech girls, students who are on the bus. So this is a good accident for <laughs> so you. This is like, you know, this one of those is... Euro trip movies. You know, yeah. like... <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> that's so good. You know, see, and that's a story that you will never find out if you only cared about what's on the, the spec sheet. <laughs> exactly. That's and, awesome. And Dude, that's such a the, funny story. I was looking at the watch the whole time. I was enjoying it. I was laughing. So, reached home at 11.59. And, uh, that's the memory that's stuck with the watch. That's yeah. the whole notion of it. Uh, it's like, it's, it's what you tie in but it's with it. But also how even Stefan always are first to help you. And that's that's the key, you know. They they could have just said, you know, you're you know you're stupid. You kind of messed up, and you no. Go they home. were they were concerned for you. Yeah, they, they were actually. They made sure I got home until I got home to Prague. They kept calling me. They're like, you know, you're okay. You need any help? We'll come and help you. Uh, Fuck, awesome. that's awesome. That's a great story. See, Thank that's you friends that you. That. That's friends you make. Yeah, that's the friends you make. See, that's my Brendan. I would hope you would. Yeah, uh, I did. I would put you. I would put you on a train full of coeds. <laughs> I would do the same for you. I would do the same I, for you, man. And, and you know, to make the matters worse, th- uh, I took a trip with Andra to Glashute, uh last year in 2021 in summer uh-huh. to visit Glashute Original. In fact, th- we saw this watch there for the first time, and also something weird happened at that time. <laughs> and guess who were there to help us? Stefan and Eve again. <laughs> it was pouring rain. It was midnight and pouring rain, and they were helping us. The run back. Hey, these guys, Kudoke, you They're guys solid. are some fucking real ones. You're awesome. solid. You guys awesome. are awesome. I think I'm gonna buy a watch from you too. <laughs> yeah, I would like to. Yeah. Brendan's trying to buy a watch just for the co-eds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're my new friends. You know. How active are you in the collecting journey still up to this point? Um, I would say I'm at the peak and relaxed. As you know, Jay, you know, mm-hmm. I sold most of my watches. Yeah. And those were not for Lange One. This was after Lange One. Um, I, I came to a point where I did too much. Um, I had way too many watches and I was like, you know what? I'm happy to sell them to friends uh, and I'm going to keep maybe 10 watches and that's it. So I keep right now I'm under ten watches and wow. I don't count the Flieger Fridays. Those have a special box because <laughs> you know that's something you you work towards and uh, uh, 
so they have like Flieger Friday box and and they stay in there, but. Uh, but only, that's the that's the loophole box. But, the, loophole but yeah, under throw ten. anything under there. <laughs> it's a flag of Friday. Yeah, it's you know I thought about even giving these away, and um, but no, I'll keep them. That's awesome. But that's yeah, fantastic. Under ten watches now, excluding the flag of Friday. Excluding the flag of Friday. Yes. cracks me up. So out of your entire collection, minus the longer one, what do you uh, wear the most um, or like the most? I I, I, I would answers. say right now, right now, if you ask, it, it's a matter of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wearing Habering the most because it's super light, legible, uh-huh. and um, and I can wear it every day. Watch, it's like a pilot watch, pretty much. Yeah, it's, uh, it's super light. I like wearing Habering, but I actually now because it's under ten, I wear everything. I wear the Breitling. I wear now. I'm wearing the Kudoke lately. It's only been Kudoke last since last week. Oh man, um, I'd be hard pressed. And yeah, just the rest of the watches. So, do you have any other for the future plans to purchase anything new uh, mm. after having gotten the longer one? I mean, that's the that was your holy grail. Is yeah. it still your holy grail, or do it, you have a new one? I, I, no, I don't have a holy grail anymore. I think for me that was uh, the best thing to achieve. That I wanted that watch because of this. That you know what I, I thought about it. It's a very anti-hype watch. Uh-huh. Nobody is going out to running out and saying, I want to buy a Lange one. <laughs> so there's no hype associated with that. You can buy it very easily. You can go to a store and buy it. Um, no, there's no more hype watch left for me. I think um, if I ever buy a watch, yeah, I would definitely buy a watch, but it would have to really, 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 really convince me that I want to buy this. Yeah. What is it about Fliegers that you... I love Flieger watches. And I think it's um, it had to do first with... Um, with what you seek forums, because we were participating in the Flieger forums, the legibility, uh, the the kind of um, you know history behind pilot watches, uh, the way they were um, used, uh, you know, it's kind of a macho thing that they were used in the, in military for for navigation and for um, um, of course Flieger chronographs for a different matter. Wow. Well, that was a lovely. Um, experience. Experience. Thank you. Thanks no, for uh, coming uh, on, Vanu. Uh, no, thank you for having me. I think um, we need to have more down-to-earth shows like this. You know, you can have a high-production Hodinki type of shows, or or even others who have podcasts and uh, and live shows. But you need to keep it real a little bit. You know, it, there's too much of um, fluff. Fluff is going on. Too much of plugging in going on. Uh, sometimes you just need to just take a break from it and say, you know what? Um, let's tell things like it is. It's a shitty market right now because uh-huh. it's all full of money. And um, when everything comes down to reality, the true fans will stay. Yeah, we're true here to we're stay. Here. That's right. We will stay. <laughs> yeah, as much as I want to leave the hobby, I, I no, have we will not stay. been successful at leaving it. And I'm here. Yeah, you're strapped in. Yeah. Strapped in for the ride. But... Yeah, Banu, once again, we appreciate Thanks, you guys. so much for coming by. And Absolutely. Guys, Thank if, you for if, the beer. If yeah. you want to check out Banu, uh, well, one, buy fucking Revolution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've read back-to-back-to-back to back to back stories and articles written by him, actually. Take, uh, take a moment. Take a moment to disconnect from the internet. Yeah. Sit down Go outside. in your backyard and read. If you don't have a backyard, you know, sit anywhere, on man. Porch on your porch, on your patio, anywhere. Or anywhere. Yeah. Disconnect. 
or just go to Barnes and Noble, have a coffee, and they and have read, revolution read, there. They, they have revolution. You can there just you read go. it there, man. Yeah, yeah there you and go. it's free. <laughs> you can that one's free. Yeah, that <laughs> one's free. That's the free edition. <laughs> we keeps the real. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we have done that, man. We know. Yeah. That. Thanks, uh, Barnes and Nobles, for sponsoring, sponsoring this, this episode. episode. <laughs> and also, uh, shout out to Revolution for also sponsoring us by letting us borrow Banu. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, what's our ASMR that we're going to close oh, off? Oh, man. With? I don't even know. I was so caught in conversation, man. You still have the Formex? Get the Formex. You're yeah. going to. Oh, uh, also, found out that Banu is good friends with Raph yes. from Formex, which Raph. Two episodes, I guess, with you shouted up, out. That, that's got there's something that's, going on. Something's there, right? going on. What's yeah. going Universe on? Universe is telling us something. Yeah. And you know what? This another sponsor of this episode. Formex. Formex. <laughs> <laughs> well, here it is. Here's ASMR. Off their reef. You got it? You got it? Slower, slower. Don't jackhammer. I like jackhammer. It's nice. Anyways, guys, thanks for uh, listening. And again, we'll, we'll see, see you next time. time.